0: become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com.
0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the
1: worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com.
2: hosts are not liable for financial strategies outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in jay taylor's newsletter in accordance with jay's objective opinion
0: i'll be sliding down i'll be
3: gliding down try not to try too hard it's just a lovely ride
4: welcome to turning hard times into good times with your host jay taylor This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor.
5: Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm also the author of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. And my company, Taylor Hard Money Advisors, is also in partnership with Chen Lin, who's with me, and we'll be speaking to him in a moment. Chen Lin's newsletter is called, What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? And at the end of today's show, Roger Wiegand will be with me uh from about uh about four thirty to five o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So uh both of my partners will be spending more time with me today than than they oftentimes do. We're going to also have some very interesting things to talk to you about today uh in the real estate market, um and Jeff Dice, Ron Paul's chief of staff, will be with us as well. Uh I do want to thank each of you for listening to this show and making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. And I want to really uh, thank our sponsors as well for making this show economically viable. For the first hour of today's show, the, our sponsors are American Manganese, Atocha Resources, Lucky Strike Resources, Helio Resources, Metanor Resources, Merrick's Gold, Brazil Resources, American Bonanza, Paramount Gold and Silver, Millrock Resources, and Palangio Exploration. Well, as I said, we're going to have Kathy Fetke uh, is going to be coming on to talk to us later today. She uh... has been on this show before she is an expert in real estate and she is involved in looking for deals uh... underpriced real estate well that's the question is it underpriced is there are there opportunities out there in the market these days uh... or is it still too early uh... that's something we're going to talk to kathy about uh... i certainly have my own opinions but we're going to let an expert talk about it uh... and we'll see if there are some ways and some good ways perhaps to make some money uh... and in this uh... What seems to be a dismal market, the real estate market. Uh, we're also going to have Jeff Dice come on with us later in the show. Uh, Jeff Dice uh, has been on several times on this show. Uh, will probably become a fairly regular contributor from time to time, especially as his boss uh, Ron Paul continues to do well in the uh, in the primary, uh, in the primaries, the Republican primaries. Uh, we're going to ask Jeff how he thinks his boss will fare in the upcoming Iowa primary. Uh, and a bunch of other things we want to talk to Jeff about, having to do with the euro. Uh, what might happen if the euro doesn't survive? Uh, to what extent is the United States going to be asked to bail out Europe again? Once again, this time through the IMF, possibly. Uh, so Jeff's going to have some things to say about some of the threats to our liberty as well. I'm sure. Uh, so you'll want to hear. I think it's going to be very important to hear what Jeff Dice has to say um, as chief of staff of Ron Paul's uh, of Ron Paul. Uh, and uh yeah that's that's pretty much it for for today's show that's the outline and um so i'm really pleased to welcome chen lin with me now chen hi jay really good to talk to you i'm i'm talking to you today from uh, san francisco and you're at, at your uh, in your office in new jersey i guess but what do you see in the markets that's a little more encouraging now than it had been right uh yeah,
3: they're having a little bit bounce uh there's uh you know, in the past weeks, so past few weeks, we starting very, very hard. So basically, that's basically assume you know, Europe will fall apart. And then last week, um, the german bond auction failed. So now looks like Germans are really motivated to find a solution. So mm-hmm. the market started to rebound. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's just in this risk-on, risk-off trade again. Now it's
5: probably a little bit risk-on. Yeah, it's it's kind of silly how it works, isn't it? I mean, when the risk is on, everything rises. When the risk is off, everything declines in in price. It seems, uh, you know, I've never seen anything quite like this before in my life. Uh, well, so the risk is on today, Chen. And if you're an inflationist, you're doing well today. Uh, what is the is are is the oil price up today?
3: I believe, I believe it is. Some,
5: right? yeah, well, it went up quite a bit. I, mm-hmm. I can see you. I Yeah, thought. I just saw it's up a buck fifty-seven, and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I don't know which uh oil uh market they're talking about uh Brent crude one hundred and ten ninety up a dollar ninety I see on the screen right now. So oil is up. I guess commodities in general are probably up today. How are some of our stocks doing? Uh I know that your favorite stock in the oil patch is Mart. Uh, how is Mart doing today?
3: Oh Mart doing well, quite well. Uh, it's uh up uh, right now up it's up in three to six percent, you know, in between uh has been some some You know, some very strong buying and then people taking profit and then buying again and taking profit, just see so back and forth. It just released earnings last uh, last night. And this morning, there's a press release, basically, last quarter and six cents. It's cash flow from operations about 12 and a half cents. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's trading at one-time cash flow. And remember, it is a reduced capacity production. It's only 7,000 barrel. Uh, you know, total, you know, growth in mm-hmm. the last quarter. And they are going to double their production once they sign the pipeline deal, supposedly pending very soon, in hopefully mm-hmm. next week or so. Mm-hmm. And then they will go to, instead of seven, they go to 14, 15, and then 18, and then potentially go even higher than that. So they can double and triple mm-hmm. their production. Even uh, right now at the reduced rate, uh, they still, because of ca- pipeline capacity, they're still trading at one time cash flow. Yeah. And That's then companies, the cash position incre- increased dramatically. It had 2 million cash in the bank. Now it has 14 million in one quarter. Just the increase. So it looks very, very positive
5: earning report. Well, let me just understand this again, Chen. You're saying they're doing 7,000 barrels of oil a day. With that, they've generated 12.5 cents of, of cash flow per share. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Roughly? So yep. if you, and that's for the quarter, so if you quadruple that, we'd be looking at... Um, about 50 cents. 50 cents? Yeah. Uh, the company is selling today at about what, 60? 63 right now. 63. So it's just slightly, uh, slight, slightly over one times cash flow on the basis of 7,000 barrels, and what you're saying is they're projecting 14,000 barrels. So would we see possibly a double then? From, from these levels, uh, if they go to fourteen thousand barrels yeah, I mean they their
3: cash flow will be much higher than its current market cap go to fourteen thousand, and then the pipeline initial capacity is about eighteen, and then they can potentially increase to twenty five something I mean that's you know they have spare capacity, but that's the bottom line in the pipeline, Yes. so they they can just uh, continue
5: to pump more oil,
3: generate more cash flow,
5: yes. So this is uh so I know that one of the companies uh that one of the, one of the strategies the company is considering is paying out a dividend and I've heard anywhere from 5 to 10 cents a share dividend payout and and if I uh, I guess they're they're considering doing that because the market is looking at Nigeria and and they're looking at Nigerian risk and not willing to pay up for the cash flow and for the earnings of this company uh what are your thoughts do you think this company is going to pay out a dividend
3: uh, I believe the management seems to indicate they they you know strongly that they want to pay a dividend, and uh, I see next year cash flow easily over a dollar and they can pay anything they want, even the management said they can pay twenty cents if they want to mm-hmm. it, and then they continue to fund their existing operation expand their operation with with no problem because they're gonna have uh you know their cash flow going to be
5: so high yeah that's uh that's pretty amazing so i i I share your optimism with this one, Chan. I uh, I own quite a few shares myself, and I know it's one of your larger positions, I believe, isn't it? Yes, my personal largest position. Yeah, we would tell our listeners to, of course, uh, you know, run this by uh, their professional advisors, and and uh, we're not meaning to say this is risk-free. There is uh, obviously some Nigerian risk, some political risk. Although I think for the most part that risk is. Uh, it's not considered too high right now because, uh, well, there doesn't seem to be any any issues at this moment, any significant issues. Is is that your understanding, Chen?
3: Yeah, that's right. They have uh first, uh, you know, they have a uh, election, pretty successful elections. Uh, they had some problem with the northern part of a uh, Muslim
5: population, but
3: their operation is in the south, in the Christian population.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, well, okay. and, and, of course, if the market isn't willing to uh, to pay up and provide the sort of multiples uh, that a company might get in a, in, a, in another area of the world where well, they're uh, considering dividends, and that should help also to increase the uh, the market uh, valuation of this company. But, but it is an exciting opportunity. Chen, there's a couple of gold stocks that you're really high on right now, too. Would you like to pass those by our listeners? Yeah,
3: the, the, I just commented earlier, this week when I saw the pretty
5: uh forty three
3: one one it's just amazing uh they have measure indicated it's five million ounce of fourteen uh gram per ton that's mm. half you know half ounce it's, mm-hmm. uh very very high grade gold that's uh five million that's measure indicated and infer they have another three three and something uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's uh that's twenty six gram per ton of gold wow. those are gold you know Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's in Yukon. This is probably one of the highest gold, uh, um, you know, um, deposit seen. Especially the scale, mm-hmm. they're still drilling. They already have more than eight million ounces of very high gold deposit, mm-hmm. and they're going to they expand this. I don't know how. What's the limit? You know. And it's run by Bob Quatermain, who was run before they were. He was running Silver Standard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he came out of retirement just to run this project because he was so excited about this. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a very interesting story. There's another one too. Would you like to mention that? We just have about a minute or so left, Chen. Yeah, I went to call uh at the visit and then
3: they just came out brilliant results last week. The gold was not tested. Basically it just copper itself, you can see like seven percent uh until 0.7% like a zero point seven percent of very long interval, like two hundred meters something. Mm-hmm. And this uh, copper and gold going to
5: come out pretty soon too. Mhm. Yeah, and this is a really minuscule market cap. I think. Uh, do you know more or less what it is, Chen? Yeah, 15 million market cap with a fully funded
3: operation. So it's uh,
5: as cheap as you can get. Yeah, and um, and also I, I believe uh, you've got Newmont uh, poking around in that part of the world too, don't you?
3: Exactly, Newmont just right next to Newmont. Actually, they were Newmont invited them to have
5: a meeting together. So they're really looking into their exploration very closely. Mm-hmm. Well, Chen, you've come up uh, again with some great investment ideas. Certainly, uh, I always pay a lot of attention to your primary picks, the ones that you're most uh, keen on, and these would be three of those ideas. We might remind our listeners that they can also take advantage of Chen Lin's uh, ideas and his profit-making ideas. Not all of them are winners, but a great number of them are, and he's had a track record that's been hard to beat over the last number of years. And you can go to jaytaylormedia.com or go to uh, miningstocks.com or call uh, my assistant in New York, Claudio Bossi, at 718-457-1426 to sign up for Chen's newsletter. Well, I think that's about all the time we got now. Chen, thank you very much for coming on with us this week. And uh, we're going to be uh, going to a break right now, but we want to tell you listeners that you should not go away because... You know, I've been saying all along that gold is a, in a bull market of a lifetime for reasons, fundamental reasons. The big guys are making huge profits. They're looking for new deposits because they can't replace the deposits as fast as they're mining the gold out. And one company I think has a really great chance of proving up a world-class deposit that's going to be attractive to the majors is Rye Patch Gold Corp. And we're going to talk to William uh, Howald uh, as soon as we go uh, come back from the break. So don't go away. We'll be right back. To hear the Rye Patch Gold story. Don't go away.
2: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Meadow Bay Gold is a gold exploration, pre-production, and development company focused on developing its flagship project, the Atlanta Gold Mine in Nevada. Meadow Bay Gold has recently announced a significant gold porphyry discovery at the Atlanta Mine and is currently conducting a significant drill program. Meadow Bay Gold trades under the symbol M-A-Y-G-F on the O-T-C-Q-X or M-A-Y on the T-S-X Venture Exchange. To learn more about Meadow Bay Gold, go to www.meadowbaygold.com gold in Nevada the right stuff in the right place American Manganese Incorporated controls the largest deposit of manganese in the southwest United States, and their 43101 preliminary economic evaluation includes the potential to be the lowest cost producer of electrolytic manganese in the world. A National Instrument 43101 report of 14.9 billion pounds of indicated and 3.5 billion pounds inferred. Go to www.americanmanganeseinc.com. American Bonanza Gold's Copperstone Project, located in Arizona, is on track for a fourth quarter 2011 mine and startup process with the goal of achieving full production by the end of the year 2011. American Bonanza is fully funded and permitted with no debit or hedge. The company has a clear strategy to create a highly profitable, mid-tier gold producing company beginning in fourth quarter 2011. Join the current gold bull market. Be a part of a new gold producer in 2011. American Bonanza Gold Corp. Visit the website at American. AmericanBodanza.com for more exciting information. Don't miss this great opportunity.
4: Capitalizing on North America's gold assets, Marathon Gold Corp. MOZ on the TSX is building value through resource development in Newfoundland and Idaho. Q1 2012 is expected to be a rewarding time for Marathon. With an update resource estimate expected on its economic leprechaun gold deposit in Newfoundland and an initial resource estimate is expected at the same time on its golden chest project in Idaho. A historical producer. Don't miss this opportunity to capitalize on today's gold price. For more info, visit
6: www.marathon-gold.com. Paramount Gold and Silver is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce gold and silver deposits. Paramount's primary asset, the Sleeper Gold Project in northern Nevada, is located in one of the world's most prolific mining districts. Paramount's gold equivalent resources stand at over 7 million ounces. Paramount trades on the NYSE under the symbol PZG. For more information, go to www.paramountgold.com. Paramount Gold is located for success in gold and silver exploration.
2: Attention gold stock investors, Brazil Resources, Inc., trading as BRIZF on the OTCQX and as BRI on the TSX Venture, is exploring three gold projects in the Garupi Gold Belt in Brazil. Surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits, BRI features top Brazilian geologists, earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold directly in Brazil, led by recognized mining and financing executive Amir Ednani, co-founder and chairman. Look us up now at www.brazilresources.com. That's Brazil Resources. Or call us at 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001.
4: Africa is known for its world-class gold deposits. Both Namibia and Tanzania are mining-friendly countries, and Helio has been exploring for gold here for the last six years. Backed by an experienced board and committed institutional shareholders, Helio is drilling its SMP Gold Project in Tanzania to demonstrate the potential for a multi-million ounce resource. Helio is also in the process of outlining the resource potential at its DGP Project in Namibia, which is situated next to Anglo Gold Ashanti's Gold Goldmine. For updates, check out helioresource.com.
7: Welcome to the human race. Some kind of lovely ride. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too
3: hard, it's just a lovely ride.
5: Good times, good times. I'm your host Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me once again Bill Howald. He's the president and CEO and a director of Ripeatch Gold Corp. Uh, Ripeatch. Uh, for the sake of full disclosure, I should mention that they are a sponsor to this show. Uh, I do own shares of Ripeatch personally in my retirement account, and they are a recommendation in my newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. Ripatch Gold trades in the Toronto Exchange under the symbol RPM. It also can be purchased in the U.S., as I did, under the symbol RPMGF. 125.6 million shares outstanding, 38 cents, giving it a market cap of around $48 million. Welcome, Bill.
1: Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me on.
5: Really good, good to have you. you back again. Uh, this is a story I think that uh, people need to know, and quite honestly, with the uh, 3.9 million Gold equivalent ounces in the ground. I think you're selling very, very inexpensively. Also, we should note that you are uh, you have those ounces in the ground in Nevada, where there is no infrastructure problems, where uh, the regulatory regime is, is is fairly is is very well defined, uh, and yet uh, you know I guess on a per ounce basis you're selling really cheap.
1: Yeah, that we we are. Um, you know, it's I, I like to think of a company like the old adage, uh, a bird in the hand and and two in the bush because uh, we really have both of those. As, as you said, we have 3.9 million ounces of uh, gold and gold equivalent, 43101 uh, compliant infrastructure uh, right next to the uh, interstate, Interstate 80, from you know, in four lane interstate from San Francisco to the East Coast. Uh, we've got a town about uh, five miles away with a population that's uh, into ranching and mining. And we've got uh, power and water crossing the property, so it's a uh, it's a pretty good situation uh, along the Oriana Trend for us.
5: Yeah, well, for the sake of listeners that may not be familiar with your story, uh, we were always getting new listeners to this show. Could you uh, tell them just tell them a little bit about the basics about your your projects and where they are and um, and what you're doing with them? Sure. Well, um, what we're trying to do is build uh, two trend-scale
1: opportunities for investors. So the, the first opportunity is uh, along what we call the Oriana trend. And there we have uh, our 3.9 million ounces of gold and gold equivalent really uh, associated with uh, two deposits, uh, the Wilco and the Lincoln Hill area. Uh, right now we're, we're working on those pretty diligently. Uh, we just finished uh, uh, roughly uh, 20 or about 30,000 feet of drilling uh, that we're working with now to uh, put into a new resource estimate. So we'll have new resources at Wilco uh, coming out in Q1 of 2012 and a new resource for Lincoln Hill that will come out in Q2 of 2012. Hmm. Then uh, the other district scale or trend scale opportunity is along along what we call the, the Cortez trend. So we're just immediately south and adjacent to Barrick Gold's brand-new discoveries at uh, Red Hill and Gold Rush. In fact, we're about uh, uh, two miles away from from that discovery. Uh, We have uh, about uh, 70 square kilometers of ground uh, that we've acquired. Uh, One portion of the ground is 100% ours. The other one we just announced, which is the Patty property, we're actually doing a joint venture deal between Barrick, U.S. gold, and, and of course ourselves, right, Patch Gold. So we're, we're quite excited about, about that because on that trend, you know, the, the, there's monsters. Those are the big Carlin style deposits. Uh, you know, 10, 10 million ounces in a Carlin deposit is, is one of the small ones, right?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, of course, this is elephant country, uh, as you say, and it is what, uh, and there's elephants there, elephant mining companies as well, that are looking uh, very, uh, intently on uh, on finding some more ounces, and you guys, uh, the small companies, are usually much better at it than the big guys. You've got three point nine million ounces. Ounce, uh, how much of that is is gold, and how much would be silver?
1: Uh, the it breaks down to uh, three million ounces of gold and uh, four, forty million ounces of silver.
5: And, and the equivalent is three point nine. That's using price. like a fifty to one ratio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what? Might investors be looking for? Um, I know you you can't really promise anything, and, and nor should you. But uh, if you get 3.9 million ounce equivalents now, might might we anticipate something on the order of five million ounces? Or, or it's just hard to say, I guess, isn't it?
1: Well, you know, there's there's no guarantees, but what we're pushing for in uh, 2012, as I mentioned, we're we're working to update our resources at Wilco and Lincoln Hill, mm-hmm. and uh, we think with uh, what we've done to date that uh, that's certainly uh, a possibility
5: mm-hmm. all right so now uh... how much of those two uh, those that, that trend that you're talking about with the uh... uh the lincoln hill and uh... well what is it called the Wilco Wilco property. The right. Wilco. how much of the of that of that trend has been drilled so far or will have been drilled after this season
1: well we control uh... uh roughly uh... 70 square kilometers along the Oriana trend. Um, we've got two projects uh, that are uh, roughly 10 kilometers apart or about eight miles apart. Uh, that's Wilco on the southwest and Lincoln Hill on, on the on the northeast. Um, in between, we have another property called Gold Ridge. Mm-hmm. So we've got um, ounces uh, already established on both Lincoln Hill and Wilco. And uh, as I said, we're, we've drilled some new targets and we believe those will add ounces uh, to our already existing. Resource portfolio, but then the ground in between Gold Ridge. Uh, last year, we also did some drilling there, and uh, we've been able to identify some thick zones of low-grade mineralization. Mm-hmm. And this year, we're we're back following that up. So that's a that's a brand new uh, area that we're drilling now. It's called the Silver Ridge target, and that really adds upside potential to both Lincoln Hill and and the Wilco, or really along the oriented trend. So we're talking a a trend that's about 10 kilometers or 8 miles in length. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the ground that we control. Our neighbors in the area are uh, Coeur d'Alene Mines and uh, Barrick Gold. And then we've also got uh, some uh, Newmont Gold is around the area as well. So we've Mm -hmm. got some pretty good neighbors on the Oriana area.
5: Yeah, indeed. So lots of upside exploration um, to go forward there on that trend. And then the, the the other trend that you just mentioned on the Carlin the Carlin trend, the Cortez trend or the Cortez trend. I'm sorry uh, that the Patty Project is uh, is on. What is your arrangement? You just made an announcement uh, last week, I believe, on the joint venture arrangement um, with the, on the for the Patty Project. Who's your joint venture partner there, and what we're, what is the arrangement?
1: So yeah, our joint venture. Uh, there's actually uh, three partners. Uh, it's Barrett Gold, U.S. Gold and a smaller company called Chapleau Resources. Uh And what we're doing is uh, spending $5 million to earn 60% in the property. Um, If we do that, uh, Barrick will control 24%, U.S. Gold will have 12%, and Chapleau will have 4%. And then uh, Barrick and U.S. Gold have a right to come back in to 60% by spending $15 on the property over a similar time period. And if they do that, Rye patch will have 40%, Vericke will have 36%, U.S. cold will have 24 and Sheffle would have 6%. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good deal for us, in addition, because we're also carried all the way through to production
5: on, on any discovery. Wow, that would be uh, that would really be good. Well, give us a little idea of what the potential is there on that trend.
1: Well, it's a, it's a really interesting story. Um, if you recall, I actually came out of a company called Placer Dome, when it was uh, bought out by Barrickville back in 2005. Um, I actually acquired uh, the Patty property for Placer Dome uh, back in 2002, and we had some pretty good exploration success in that we had some holes that had uh, roughly 300 feet of uh, a third of a gram, okay, or 100 meters of a third of a gram. Hmm. And uh, we actually had an idea about uh, what was going on there uh, that is, uh, was associated with a fault that was more east-west in orientation. Given the new discoveries that Barrick just made, those holes, and there were two or three of them in, in an area that had these thick zones of mineralization, and given the new discoveries, it puts a brand new light on, on what that mineralization might mean. So uh, those rocks or that drilling was in rocks that's uh, very similar to what they're finding at Barrick's new Gold Ridge and Red Hill discoveries and uh you know six zones uh, in the right rocks it makes you want to drill some more so uh, we're pretty uh, we're pretty happy with the uh, uh, the idea that uh, there's you know potentially another discovery there
5: oh that's really exciting how much cash do you have uh on hand now bill and how far will that take you
1: yeah our third quarter uh, uh financials just came out we had uh, 6.2 million mm-hmm in the bank at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh we have drilling programs ongoing. We're we're just completing uh the last of our programs now at Gold Ridge. Uh you know, we're burning about a half a million a month. So uh, I think your listeners are can do the math.
5: Yeah. Yeah well that's always the issue right now. And of course uh, you know hopefully the market will start to uh, if you come out with some good numbers will start to uh give more respect to your share price and it will make it uh less less painful to go out and raise more capital. But it really does look at the same time investors need to keep in perspective the potential here for what I looks to me like a uh, potential world- class deposit that are going to is going to definitely be needed by the uh, by the majors down the road. Uh, Bill, uh, anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before we conclude our discussion today?
1: Well, uh, just uh, appreciate being on your program and uh, uh, you know hope that hopefully people will go to our website, which is uh, www.rightpatchgold.com. Uh, check out uh, uh, our information there and uh, make their own decisions.
5: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've certainly made my decision on this one. I would own it personally and recommended it in the newsletter, and I'm really grateful to you as uh, as a sponsor as well. It's an honor having a company of quality like yours on. So uh, thank you, Bill, and look forward to talking to you again sometime in the near future. Folks, we do have to go to a commercial break, and when we, when we come right back, we're going to be with Kathy Fedeke, Feth- and uh, she is a real estate uh, expert. She does deals, and she knows where you can make some money uh, in real estate, believe it or not. So we're going to talk to Kathy about the state of the uh, real estate market in the U.S. and and where some bright spots may be. So don't go away. We'll be right back with Kathy Fedeke.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Attention gold stock investors, Brazil Resources, Inc., trading as BRIZF on the OTCQX and as BRI on the TSX Venture, is exploring three gold projects in the Garupi Gold Belt in Brazil. Surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits, BRI features top Brazilian geologists, earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold directly in Brazil, led by recognized mining and financing executive Amir Ednani, co-founder and chairman. Look us up now at www.brazilresources.com. That's Brazil Resources. .com or call us at 1-855-630-1001 that's 1-855-630-1001 American Manganese Incorporated controls the largest deposit of manganese in the southwest United States, and their 43101 preliminary economic evaluation includes the potential to be the lowest cost producer of electrolytic manganese in the world. A National Instrument 43101 report of 14.9 billion pounds of indicated and 3.5 billion pounds inferred. Go to www.americanmanganeseinc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the reality is that exploration for mineral deposits is risky business, though the rewards for shareholders can be enormous. At Millrock Resources, we don't believe in risking your investment on a treasure hunt. We believe in leveraging shareholder capital to generate projects and partnering with mining giants such as Kinross, Ballet, Inmet, and Tech to fund our exploration in the mining-friendly states of Alaska and Arizona. By utilizing this business model, Millrock Resources increases the potential of finding economic gold and copper deposits and maximizing shareholder wealth. For more information, Please visit us at www.millrockresources.com or find us on the TSX Venture under MRO Meadow Bay Gold is a gold exploration, pre-production, and development company focused on developing its flagship project, the Atlanta Gold Mine in Nevada. Meadow Bay Gold has recently announced a significant gold porphyry discovery at the Atlanta Mine and is currently conducting a significant drill program. Meadow Bay Gold trades under the symbol M-A-Y-G-F on the O-T-C-Q-X or M-A-Y on the T-S-X Venture Exchange. To learn more about Meadow Bay Gold, go to www.meadowbaygold.com. Gold in Nevada, the right stuff in the right place. American Bonanza Gold's Copperstone Project, located in Arizona, is on track for a fourth quarter 2011 mine and startup process with the goal of achieving full production by the end of the year 2011. American Bonanza is fully funded and permitted with no debit or hedge. The company has a clear strategy to create a highly profitable mid-tier gold producing company beginning in fourth quarter 2011. Join the current gold bull market. Be a part of a new gold producer in 2011. American Bonanza Gold Corp. Visit the website at American. AmericanBodanza.com for more exciting information. Don't miss this great opportunity.
0: www.rypatchgold.com. Lucky Strike Resources Limited conducts due diligence drilling on the claim with a historical resource of 1.5 billion tons of coal in Mongolia. The project is directly north of China, where the coal consumption tripled in the last 10 years to 3.2 billion tons in 2010. Lucky Strike's management team has a proven track record, having contributed significantly in the building of a multi-billion dollar company operating in China. Please visit our website at www.luckystrikeresources.com and get in on this investment opportunity at the ground floor.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
6: Welcome to the human
7: race. Some kind of love and ride. I'll be sliding down.
5: Hard times and the good times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me for a second time, Kathy Fedeke. Kathy is the founder of the Real Wealth Network. That's an organization dedicated to helping members get the most current and cutting-edge education and information that they need to succeed in real estate as, uh, as real estate investors. And Kathy is a licensed realtor, a former mortgage broker, and an active real estate investor herself. Kathy received her bachelor's uh, in broadcast communications from San Francisco State University and, and worked in the newswork, newsrooms of CNN, Fox, CTV, and ABC. She's uh, past president of American Women in Radio and Television. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Really good to have you back a second time. I just noticed in in reading off your bio there that your uh, degree was, uh, from, uh, was earned in San Francisco, where I'm talking to you from today, so very very pleasant city. It's uh, uh, I've always liked uh, coming here, but now you've decided to go to Los Angeles. How's come?
7: <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> uh, well, I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, so uh, uh, as much as I love it there, I have a 12-year-old daughter whose dream is to be an actress. So
5: uh-huh.
7: uh, we thought we would just come down here and try it out. She's doing pretty well. She's doing well. Yeah.
5: Wonderful. Well, we we need dreams. We all need dreams, and and of course sometimes dreams can be misguided, and uh, and we head down the wrong path. I'm not certainly not suggesting that's what your daughter's doing, but but I am suggesting that that's what a lot of people did in the housing sector a few years ago. Mr. Greenspan pumped huge amounts of money into the economy. The banks had all this money; they didn't know what to do with it, so they started making more and more uh, risky loans, mortgages to people, and now we have. Well, a housing mess. We have a huge amount of houses on the market uh, that cannot be uh, paid for. um, And, well, everybody pretty well knows uh, what sort of a mess we have in the housing market. Now, I noticed today that the Case-Shiller housing prices uh, were weaker than expected. Uh, Do you have any thoughts about that?
7: Well, you know, it's... um... September numbers. So it's it's always delayed by a couple of months when mm-hmm. K Schiller comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, in my opinion it's a little bit of old news. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I I tend to look like to look at more current data. So we've you've already seen the headlines for uh low numbers in September and there are there are kind of some several reasons about that. Uh August had high numbers and so uh September was down. Uh also it was the we were kind of comparing from a year ago when we had the federal tax credit, mm-hmm. so it certainly looked like fewer sales. But you know, you can't really compare that well when a year ago you could get an eight thousand dollars check from the government for buying a house. So there's uh, there's a few reasons. I would say next month's uh, case dealer would be something I would be more interested in and in, uh, in viewing because for the past year we've had this problem of uh, you know it's not really fair data
5: okay. in my opinion. Good. Okay, fair enough. But we do um, we do have uh, housing, housing prices in general, do you believe they're still declining through the nation in general?
7: There will be, you know, here's the thing I always want to emphasize is that there's just no such thing as a housing market, yeah. a U.S. housing market. Mm-hmm. It's all so very local. And when we take averages, it really doesn't do anybody any good. Mm-hmm. It's like, taking the average temperature of the United States, it, it, what are you going to do? Wear a, you know, wear a jacket when it's freezing here and warm in another state? So it's, uh, for example, you know, in San Francisco, you're in there and I'm here in L.A. We probably have very different temperatures and very different home prices. Yeah. Um, so in areas where there was the, the crazy boom, and you know these are the headline cities. They've been in the headlines for years. They were the ones where you could go double your money in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your your a uh, hairdresser was was going and buying um, condos in Florida or in, in Vegas and and um, and making a fortune mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so those cities, you know, were any you know the big cities in Florida that boomed, Phoenix, Vegas, parts of California. These are the real trouble areas. The rest of the United States isn't in that bad a shape, mm-hmm. um, you know. So when you see the headlines, you have to know we're really only talking about four or five states.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: Uh, and you and I happen to be in one of them.
5: Yes, New York and California. Yeah, uh, uh, is, is my home, and I'm, I'm happy. You know, I'm sitting in, in, uh, here in San Francisco now. But one of the areas that I always thought would be a lot of fun and a nice place to live is San Diego. That one got pretty hot, did it Did it not, during the boom?
7: Oh, yeah. I have a close friend who lost hundreds of thousands of dollars investing in uh, in San Diego, and then that's a common story uh, because it did bubble. Now, what San Diego has going for it is it's San Diego. You know, it's a very desirable place to live. So, um, you know, that market's going to recover, and we have seen – some recovery there. Um, You know, the the main problem with any of the high-priced markets is they are expensive. And when you've got lending issues and people, you know, even qualified borrowers who can't get a loan, inventory is going to sit there, and especially in the high-priced market. So, um, you know, areas where it just doesn't, you know, the numbers just don't quite make sense in terms of income versus home price, Mm -hmm. I I think we're going to see price declines. Mm-hmm. but but, in areas like Dallas where it's still more affordable than uh you know it's one of the most affordable cities in the country people are uh there's jobs there's salary increases there's huge population growth uh, a place like that you know they're they're well into recovery at this time
5: mhm well, when I look at a chart of where the jobs are or where let's say where the least unemployment is is in the midwest through uh, the farm belt through the um through those states. Are there some opportunities in some of those states uh, pretty much through the middle of the country?
7: Oh, it's crazy opportunity. I mean, at, at Real Wealth Network, uh, which is my company, we that's all we do is look for great deals across the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got people coming from all over the world trying to buy U.S. real estate. They're thrilled about it. And I wish Americans could get on the bandwagon and see what everybody else is seeing. Mm-hmm. And that is that U.S. real estate is a bargain. Mm-hmm. Um, but only you know, but you got to do it right. Mm-hmm. So you got it. The Midwest, you know, parts of the Midwest are kind of countercyclical from the from the high priced coastal markets. so when the when the coastal markets are booming, you're not going to see much going on in the midwest. No. but when the when the coastal markets are crashing, which you know this is nothing new. this happens about every decade, um, then the Midwest starts to take off because people want affordability. Um, mm-hmm. uh, businesses want business friendly places. And, uh, and that's exactly what we're seeing. But on, in addition to kind of a general healthy economy in the Midwest, uh, you've got an overcorrection in housing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're finding stuff that's less than half the cost to build mm-hmm. uh, the same house. So, mm-hmm. you know, at some point, you're going to see price increases when when builders get back in business.
5: Mm. Well, Kathy, can you give us an idea? What sort of returns uh, can investors earn? uh with some of these more in some of these more desirable markets. Uh let's say that um, you know I'm retired and I'm not far from I'm not going to retire anytime soon but I'm <laughs> of that age and I and I have a, you know I uh, have some savings and I want to have some income. Lord knows you can't get any income in treasuries or hardly any place else. Are there some opportunities for uh, reasonable returns on investment and relatively safe returns of an, uh, investment in real estate in some of these uh, some of these deals that, that your company packages.
7: Oh, you know, just that's the exciting part is that you don't have to speculate so much when you're investing in real estate because you get monthly income mm-hmm. from the from the rental. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, when you're getting a 10% return, and that's that's kind of even low these days mm-hmm. in the Midwest. But if you're getting a 10% return, um, then you're not even going to be that worried about the value of the property increasing or decreasing if you're getting cash flow. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we're getting these properties for so cheap tells me you're going to get both. You're going mm-hmm. to get the cash flow now and um, and some equity growth in the future, uh, which you know who knows when that future will be, but depending on the area and the population growth, it could be sooner than later. Mm-hmm. For example, Atlanta, you know they're expecting to uh, have a, another two million people moving to that city over the next eight years. and the mm-hmm. same with Dallas it's uh, you know some people are saying as many as six million. Moving into the Dallas area over the next uh, twenty years hmm. so eventually the inventory that's there is going to get sold out that means builders are going to have to build and that means uh, you know they can only they can't do it for less than eighty bucks a square foot when you, you and I can go in and buy for for half that today forty bucks a square foot
5: hmm. what's driving the interest in those two cities
7: uh, you know I think it's their job friendly environment mm-hmm uh you know it, you you know again we're on coastal markets where uh it's just not that friendly for businesses right, to, right. to operate there
5: right tax the rich and tax the corporations and yeah uh, and and give to people who are less uh, able or willing to work perhaps uh, whatever that's uh, the socialism the socialism that america has has bought into too now just to to do a little editorializing here i suppose but uh okay so atlanta and uh Atlanta and Dallas. So you have some opportunities. To, uh can average people what do they how much money do they need to to invest uh and how does it work? If you could just explain how your program works, I think. Yeah,
7: absolutely. Be and that's what's exciting. You know, being from California, uh, you know, we just it doesn't make sense to buy investment property in California because mm-hmm. it's just still too expensive and the landlord lot you know, they're they're more tenant friendly here if mm-hmm. your tenant doesn't pay well, you know, yeah it's the landlord's fault or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. So um, so basically we've been looking around the country for the best areas where it makes sense financially and then we find teams there that have relationships with banks and REO brokers and are able to get really uh, because they buy in bulk they're able to get properties for real cheap cheaper than if you were just to go and try to find something on the MLS
5: and these are banks that might want to unload them they're, they're problem houses or whatever, how, problem mortgages and they, they...
7: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're, they're, um, bank owned property. I'm so sorry. I have a dog and <laughs> he just started barking.
5: That's all right. He agrees. <laughs>
7: um, yeah, that, that's right. Right now the, the focus is on bank owned property because that's where you're going to get the best deal. Mm-hmm. You know, the banks, the banks will negotiate. They got to get rid of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you can buy 40 a month, um, they're going to give you a better deal than the, than the person who's buying one. Yeah. And, um, and so we find those, those people that can negotiate and then, uh, they, they renovate the properties till they're like new condition and sell them to investors uh, for discounts. Uh,
5: so your firm then uh, packages these and you sell these off to investors, right?
7: Well, we do the referral. So we find we're an investment group. Mm-hmm. So our job is to find good companies out there and we refer our members to those companies. So it's not that we're not actually buying them ourselves. Okay. We're, um, we're interviewing and uh, monitoring the quality of these companies that are out there that really understand investing. So if you just go and, and hire a realtor to find you a property, they may not understand investing, and they may put you in the wrong neighborhood or right. in a place that just doesn't make sense.
5: Right. Uh, well, we have, we have some more time here, but just so I'm sure I don't forget, tell our listeners the website so they can go and check out your service.
7: Oh, sure. Thank you. Real, like real estate, wealth like your money, com, So realwealthnetwork.com. And actually on that website, I have a, a download called Seven Steps for New Real Estate Investors.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
7: free and I recommend doing that. We also offer lots of free education mm-hmm. because when you transition into real estate, it's really frightening. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot of scoundrels out there trying to rip people off. So mm-hmm. uh, we want to make sure that anyone new to investing um, really get the education that they need to do, you know, to make the right decisions. Because that's part of the problem over the last 10 years. Too many people jumped into real estate without really having a clue how to how to hold it or manage it.
5: Mm-hmm. Kathy, you mentioned a little while ago that we have these real estate uh, busts every decade or so. Uh, but isn't this one perhaps considerably worse, a magnitude worse than, than most of them that we've had in recent times?
7: Well, everything's worse, you know, and it it comes down to one thing, and it's what you said earlier. Uh, it's the Federal Reserve and those who work for mm-hmm. the Federal Reserve. That is the most corrupt piece of uh, half government, half private corporation that this country's ever been submissive to. Right. You know, these these are uh, the Federal Reserve is run by a few of the most wealthy bankers in the world, mm-hmm. and they manipulate our economy and they cause these booms and busts. Mm-hmm. and when the, the bus, when there's a boom, they make money, and when there's a bust, they pick up all the pieces and make more money. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, speaking of that, I would like uh, you to talk a little bit about uh, what some of the concerns are that our government may be up to. Um, the Feddy, Freddie and Fannie uh, have a lot of really bad paper on their books, a lot of bad mortgages. It's an embarrassment to the government. There is some belief that uh, Mr. Obama may... Uh, find a way to get rid of those uh... and perhaps at the same time take care of the people that that look after him in terms of campaign contributions perhaps Uh would you care to comment about that
7: yeah right now there's a discussion about what to do with all these Fannie and freddie properties it's we're talking about eight hundred thousand properties and uh, there's a, recre- a request for proposal right now uh... if you have ideas of what to do with it but uh, i think it's already been decided um, it, that, uh, that the hedge funds would take those and mainly Goldman Sachs would buy, be able to buy those properties at huge discounts and rent them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you probably heard some stories about the uh, government going into the rental business. That's not the case at all. If the government were going to, into the rental business, then we, the taxpayers, would be making a bunch of money. On the rentals now, I'm not suggesting that that would be a good idea because I don't think the government really does a great job at and much besides paying itself. Yeah. But uh, but the, no, the government's not going in the rental business. They're selling it to their buddies who are then going into the rental business and they're going to make the money.
5: Yeah, that's um, that's uh, that's the way things seem to work, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so so rather than I mean, the right way to do it would seem to be to open it up to bidding.
7: Absolutely. Put it on the free market. I mean, how many people... It, it's, this is government-backed property. That's you and me. Why wouldn't we be the ones to get to bid on that at low prices? Uh, you know, the mom-and-pop shops, hey, this country is full of of small-time business owners, and that includes landlords. You know, you, the landlord business, is, it's better when it's small because if you own five to ten properties... You're going to take care of those properties, and you're going to make sure it's done right. When you're a hedge fund manager and you have hundreds of thousands of properties, you don't care. Yeah.
5: You <laughs> know. Yeah. That's, that's, you don't care about the individuals for sure. Well, yeah. Well, uh, I know that you've noted that some people are calling this the greatest transfer of wealth in history. Is this why? Is, it, is this what we're talking about, this, this, well, this transfer of, of uh, real estate to, to the privileged few?
7: In, and yes, in some ways, uh, and, and this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, when IndyMac went down, those assets also went to some of the, uh, you know, just just look that up, IndyMac, and find out who who was able to take all those assets for pennies on the dollars. It was it's the same guys. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is <laughs> they're certainly getting a transfer of wealth, but also. You know, you got to look on the positive side, because if you just sit and talk about everything that's going wrong, you could just want to dig a hole and bury yourself. Right. Um, but I do say, hey, let's pay a little attention to people like Ron Paul who are trying to abolish the Federal Reserve because mm-hmm. he knows exactly what's going on there. Yeah.
5: Well um,
7: but, but for individuals, we still can get in on the game, and we can still acquire properties at discounts that will – Feed us retirement income for the rest of our lives. So, you know that that's exciting um, for those who can get in. And, and I think you had asked earlier. You know, what does it take? Yes. You know, if you're buying a a sixty thousand dollar home, and that's hard to imagine when you live on a high price coastal market. But in Atlanta, you can do it. A sixty thousand dollar house that's been totally rehabbed by you know the teams that we work with, and uh, and that'll rent for eight hundred to nine hundred bucks a month. Mm. Um, if you were to get a loan on that, and you would just need to have two-year job history, about five thousand dollars in the bank for reserves, and good credit around you know six hundred and eighty to seven hundred good credit. If you have that, then you only have to put twelve thousand dollars down hmm. on that sixty thousand dollars house. Oh. <laughs> you know, or you can self-direct your IRA. You can pull your IRA money out of the market and um, self-direct it. There's no penalties for that. And, uh, and you can own that property, right? You know, have your IRA
5: own the property. In your IRA. Yeah. That's so and, and how to do that is explained uh, on your website?
7: Yeah, we have lots of ways to explain that. Um, on the website, it's a pretty simple process. Most people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, financial planners aren't, you know, it's not in their best interest to tell you about it because they're usually not in the real estate
5: business. Right. Well, if you're putting 12000 down on a $60,000 house and getting $900 in income, um I I guess uh you know you could do the math and it would seem to so it would seem to work out pretty well. What sort of mortgages uh mortgage rates might you get these days on something like that? Uh,
7: that's the crazy thing. You get right now you can get around five percent for an investor loan and you can get up to ten of those. Yeah. You could potentially, you know, put a hundred and twenty thousand dollars in and uh and own ten properties. You know, you're not gonna get the full nine hundred because you've got property taxes and you've got insurance to pay and you've got maybe a management fee someone to take care of your properties and I always like putting aside a maintenance reserve and a vacancy sure. reserve and all that but sure. but uh but if you're buying that $60,000 house there's a real good chance you're bringing home after all expenses 600 bucks mm-hmm. your your mortgage payment on a what a, you know $45,000 loan isn't going to be that much right <laughs> it's going to be a no. couple hundred bucks
5: oh that that's right and uh what uh, let's just say hypothetically um uh, sort of an average tax um uh, number it might be, uh, you know, uh, real estate tax on that on that piece of property in Atlanta.
7: Um, the property tax is going to be around one and a half percent. So on that on that little property, it'll it'll be maybe sixty bucks mm-hmm. a month.
5: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, people can sort of uh, do a back of the envelope calculation to see sort of returns that we're looking at, and there aren't a lot of places where you can go to get these kind of returns these days. So. I think it's very interesting, Kathy. And you know, it's it's usually in times of adversity where where people make money. People that are able and willing and have the uh, the foresight and the uh, let's say the intestinal fortitude to step in to buy things when nobody else wants it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's usually when uh, when profits are made. I just, I, and my reservation is is only to do with how much further down does this housing market have to go, and uh, and I am quite a deflationist. I believe that we have a lot more. Air to be left out of the credit bubbles. There's huge amounts of debt that cannot be repaid, and so that's that's my only reservation. But I have to say that this is very interesting. The notion that we uh, could get those kind of returns, um, you know, and, and once you're retired, I mean, people, it's really difficult. And in a way, it's like um, you're you know buying a dividend-paying stock, isn't it?
7: Well it is, and you know, if you do get a loan, you know, you're paying, you're able to pay down that loan with the extra cash flow,
5: mm-hmm.
7: you know, in, in maybe 10 years time. Mm-hmm. So even if, uh, you know, even if the price of that house goes down a little bit, and I mean, how much more could it go down in these, in these markets? You know, like I'm talking about where you're you're getting it for half the price to to build. Now I agree with you, Florida, Arizona, California, Nevada. They've got a ways to go, mm-hmm. but but I'm not sure about some of these midwestern towns. I think mm-hmm. they. Well, I think very they interesting. To anything else,
5: like? We we are just about out of town. Is anything else out of town? I am out of town. I'm out of something <laughs> else right now. Uh, too much partying and not enough uh, sleeping here. I think, but in San Francisco, but um, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners before we say goodbye today?
7: Um, well, you know, just uh, you, if you check out my blog at realwealthnetwork.com, I uh, explain a lot of what's going on out there. Um, there's so much information, webinars under the resources tab to make sure that, you've, that you're that you well-informed um, so that you don't make a mistake because you could certainly make a mistake if you, if you don't know what you're doing. Oh,
5: absolutely. Well, thank you very much, uh, Kathy, for... Coming on the show again and talking to us, and uh, do you keep your blog pretty well updated? Do you talk? How often do you?
7: About once a week.
5: About once a week. Okay, yeah. excellent. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on. Encouraging news, some upbeat news here uh, <laughs> to go along with all the dismal stuff that we so often talk about here in this uh, gold orientated program. <laughs> so I want to thank you very much. Uh, we do think that you need to own real property and real items, real real assets, because Lord knows the paper money that they would like us to put our faith in. Uh, is not very trustworthy, so no. thank you very much kathy well folks don 't go away we 're going to go to commercial break now, and as soon as we come back we 're going to have Jeff diced he is ron paul 's chief of staff he 'll be with us we 'll run some of kathy 's ideas past uh, Jeff as well uh, on uh, having to do with the with the mortgage markets and so forth so don 't go away we 'll be right back with Jeff dice <laughs>
4: Africa is known for its world-class gold deposits. Both Namibia and Tanzania are mining-friendly countries, and Helio has been exploring for gold here for the last six years. Backed by an experienced board and committed institutional shareholders, Helio is drilling its SMP gold project in Tanzania to demonstrate the potential for a multi-million ounce resource. Helio is also in the process of outlining the resource potential at its DGP project in Namibia, which is situated next to Anglo Gold Ashanti's Navatsjap Gold Mine. For updates, check out helioresource.com.
2: Attention, gold stock investors. Brazil Resources, Inc., trading as BRIZF on the OTCQX and as BRI on the TSX Venture, is exploring three gold projects in the Garupi Gold Belt in Brazil. Surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits, BRI features top Brazilian geologists, earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold directly in Brazil, led by recognized mining and financing executive Amir Ednani, co-founder and chairman. Look us up now at www.brazilresources.com. That's Brazil Resources or call us at 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001. American Bonanza Gold's Copperstone project located in Arizona is on track for a fourth quarter 2011 mine and startup process with the goal of achieving full production by the end of the year 2011. American Bonanza is fully funded and permitted with no debit or hedge. The company has a clear strategy to create a highly profitable mid-tier gold producing company beginning in fourth quarter 2011. Join the current gold bull market. Be a part of a new gold producer in 2011. American Bonanza Gold Corp. Visit the website at American Bonanza.com for more exciting information. Don't miss this great opportunity.
6: Paramount Gold and Silver is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce gold and silver deposits. Paramount's primary asset, the Sleeper Gold Project in northern Nevada, is located in one of the world's most prolific mining districts. Paramount's gold equivalent resources stand at over 7 million ounces. Paramount trades on the NYSE under the symbol PZG. For more information, go to www.paramountgold.com. Paramount Gold is located for success in Gold and silver exploration.
2: American Manganese Incorporated controls the largest deposit of manganese in the Southwest United States, and their 43101 preliminary economic evaluation includes the potential to be the lowest cost producer of electrolytic manganese in the world. A National Instrument 43101 report of 14.9 billion pounds of indicated and 3.5 billion pounds inferred. Go to www.americanmanganeseinc.com.